Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your presence, come before your throne of grace. This is where we deal, Father. This is where we negotiate. This is where we worship. This is where we interact. This is where we adore you and love you. Father, this is where we kiss your hand. We thank you so much, Lord, for your presence in our midst here today. Increase us, Lord, today. Let this be a fruitful day for us as you planned it to be. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, yeah, today we're going to talk a little bit about steps of faith or steps to faith. I, I realize that, that, um, uh, our faith grows, you know, we, we know that. Jesus said if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, and then you see it moving mountains. And so it's, you think to yourself, something must have happened to that mount, mustard seed. Amen. <laughs> so we know that faith does increase because it it is a spiritual force. Uh, it is a force I know most of us realize now we do, our faith does more things for us now than it did when we first began with God. And so this is a faith quest. It's also a love quest because faith being just one fruit of the Spirit is dependent upon other spiritual forces for its uh, activity, for its, um, uh, I guess you would say, success. Uh, for our success in a life of faith, it's dependent on other things, and so uh, other spiritual things, spiritual forces. And so we can say that faith uh, can start out as a mustard seed, but then it grows into something greater, and it produces after its own kind, and it produces the manifestation of the things that we desire. The Bible says that God has given us already given us so we possess all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Well, how do we get them from inside to outside? And that is by faith, by working righteousness, by the works of faith, and for the, and and through the life that <clears throat> that we live in the Lord. You know, um, uh, being obedient to God can net you so many wonderful things in life. Uh, disobedient people, they're they're not faith people. They're not living by faith. Uh, faith will cause you to line up with God's word. It will cause you to, to internalize the word of God in your heart and let it begin to guide your thinking. From your thinking, it guides your words. From your words, it will guide your steps. And so we are, are people who are being renewed by the spirit of faith. Amen. Renewed by the word, but then there's a spirit behind that word that helps us to be able to go forward and obey God in all things. And so it's it's a life that everything works together. Amen. Uh, there's all the spiritual forces that God put inside of us are working together to bring us into a better place, into a good place. And so you can't can't underestimate faith, but you also can't underestimate other things that come in to strengthen your faith so that it can produce what it is that that um, that you need you know we all say we believe god and we do you know to to the degree that we understand and know that's the degree to which we believe you can't believe beyond your understanding and your knowledge 
in your knowledge of the word. So you can, you know, you, you know, everybody can get answers to prayer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are living a life of faith. The life of faith means that you are led by God in everything that you do. Nothing left out. Amen. There's some things that we just get up and do and we think, well, you know, this is just a small thing. This is just this. But think if, you know, if you do too many of those things, if you do that on a regular, on a lot of areas, you're going to miss out on a lot of what God has for you. So it, it doesn't hurt to pause and get his direction. It doesn't hurt to wait for, wait for the inner witness, the inner leading of the Holy Spirit. All of that is very, very important in, in developing our life of faith. Uh, Brother Hagen used to say, keep the switch of faith turned on. That is, always uh, show God your faith. You know, in your meditations, in your confession, uh, in your, your words. I, I learned uh, how to break uh, habits of doubt and, and discouragement uh, off of me. Uh, whenever I would start to feel discouraged, I would begin to thank God for whatever it was I was feeling. I say, Lord, let me stop this. I thank you that this is done already. I thank you I have it already. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. And so living a life of thanksgiving will break doubt and discouragement off of you. It will keep your mind in a, a, a healthier realm. Your, your mind will begin to cultivate the word and cultivate good thoughts, good outcomes, to stay in faith, stay believing. Uh, don't quit believing. Don't leave off from faith and start getting over in the natural realm where you can get easily discouraged and easily fixated on what's going on over there. And so it's, it's a challenge, but it's something we are all capable of doing. And it's something that's necessary if you're going to live the kind of life God wants you to live. So, so really our faith is taking us beyond where we want to be. And it's taking us into that area where God has ordained for us to be. So there's a difference. You can live comfortably, uh, minimally by faith, not believing God, not challenging your faith, not stepping out, doing a lot of things. You can live just like your neighbors do. Just go to work, come home, you know, live a, a pretty much carnal life compared to the life in the spirit that God wants us to live. But but if you want to get over into the realm where he wants you to be, where the kind of promises are there that he has ordained for you, if you want to live supernaturally, you're going to have to need God's help for something in your life besides just, I'm going to get to heaven one day. You're going to need him to to stop the mouths of lions, <laughs> you know. You're going to need him as a lawyer, you know. If something happens and and you suffer a loss, you're going to have to need him for this, that, and the other. So you might as well get familiar with him on an everyday basis. Amen. Hold on to his, as, as uh, people say, his unchanging hand. Amen. And live a life close to God, and then that way your 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 troubles are minimal. You know, you, you're going to have minimal. Uh, um, uh, discouragement, minimal fear, uh, minimal tragedy happening to you, minimal things that are, are just out of whack. 
you know, you're going to have fewer and fewer of those things because he's able to lead you around the obstacles and the snares that the enemy is trying to set for us. Amen. So the life of faith is much more than uh, just getting your bills paid or, or having somebody there for you in emergencies. The life of faith is for successful living, for for uh, high-quality living. Amen? Uh, God only has high-quality stuff for us. He don't know nothing about leftover, secondhand, yada, 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 yada. Now, it's up to us what we allow our faith to bring into us, but into our lives. But you need to know that, that God has riches for us. In glory that he has laid up for us. And so uh, it's not like he's sending things to us that are substandard and, and that are not adequate. He wants us to have more than enough in all things. Amen. And and the, the things that he sees, uh, he sends to us uh, come up to his qualifications. Sometimes we try to bring down God down to our level. Of expectation where we can't expect much, we don't expect much and, and all of that. And, and I'll say it this way. If, if what you have is not exactly what you want, just keep believing God because your faith will grow to the place where He can pull that in for you. You know, faith isn't magic. You don't just look out there and say, ooh, I, I want all of that and just start grabbing it. You know, your faith, it, God has to develop character in us. That's one of the things he's doing. He's uh, conforming us to the image of Christ. That's so important. Should be for us, and it is for him, and you know that. He wants us to be exactly like his son. Amen? Because that's the high life. Amen? That is the high life. And so God has a way of developing our faith. I thought we'd look at an example today. And see how God did this in someone that you may think uh, might might not be uh, willing to go into uh, uh, having their faith uh, increased. You know, when, that's the last thing we think about when we when we go to pray for something is that this may take some effort in increase. You know, it, we want to believe our faith is perfect the first time we pray. You know, it don't need no help. It, you know, it, well, it's just like it, I believe I receive and I have it, you know, and that is true. But the natural manifestation of it might be another story. And so this is, this is the way it's done. I believe I, I thought this was a pretty good example we go through today <clears throat> just to see how faith is developed and, and let you know that there is hope for your faith. Amen. There's, <laughs> your faith can get a job and keep a job. Amen. Instead of quitting on the job. Amen. We have so much quit and faint faith. It's pathetic. And the only thing that happens to us is we get weary. Everybody gets weary. The Bible tells us not to. It warns us not to. It says don't get weary. In what? In, in doing good and well doing. Amen. Uh, so when you, you're, you're on the road of, of righteousness and you're, and don't let that wear you out. Amen. You know, people, sometimes people are just barely holding on and you wonder what's wrong. You know, just go lay down somewhere for a minute and think it over again. Think how successful you'll be if you don't hold on. Amen. You know, sometimes you get to that place and you say, well, you know what? I thought I had a choice, but I really don't. (laughs) 
See, people don't like that. I can tell by the, uh, 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 what do you mean I don't have a choice? You don't. If you want what God has for you, you don't. You know, he ain't playing with us when he tells you he wants you to do something. That means that's a must do. That means there's no uh, choice B. There's no second opportunity. There's no second uh, guess. It's, it's, it's the way it is. It's a, a road he wants you to travel. It's like, you know, it's, it's like if you, if you want to get somewhere, you know, you get your little GPS out and you put it on there and, and it shows you the best route. Amen. If you want to save time, you need to take that route. Now, if, if saving time and all that is not that important to you, you take route two. Amen. But God isn't like that. When he tells you to do something, he means do it and do that and that alone. Because he's serious about getting you to where you say you want to go. He wants to make sure you're serious about getting there. Amen. So if you're serious about getting there, you you will obey God and you will do what he tells you to do. So um, anyway, in John chapter 3, we, uh, no, John chapter 4, sorry about this. Uh, where are we? Toward the bottom. Okay, in uh, verse 43, it says, Now after two days, he departed from there and went into Galilee. This is Jesus. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Amen. And then when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. And so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. For his son was at the point of death. And Jesus said unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the nobleman said to him, Sir, come down, because if you don't, my child will die. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son is alive. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son's alive. And he inquired of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son liveth, and he believed in his whole house. And so it said, this is the second miracle that Jesus did when he's come from uh, Judea into Galilee. Now, one of the things that, that you need to understand is that this boy was a dead boy. You got me? One way or the other, he's dead. And this is the pressure that sometimes people are against when they got to believe God. You understand what I'm saying? There's uh, no hope for him. Um, if Jesus had walked down there, um, if that man is depending upon Jesus doing all the work, got me? 
Like sometimes we we want things from God, but we're not willing to trust the process, as they say. Amen. Uh, we don't know how to. And see, that's part of faith. Part of faith is trusting what God tells you to do is the right thing to do and being faithful to do it and follow through. Because there is a part you must play because your faith is involved. So you can't just take something that's a problem to you and dump it in Jesus' lap and clean your hands and walk away and expect it to magically. You know, faith isn't like that. You don't dump something over on the God that you're holding on to by faith. You're still connected to it. The fact that you want it means that you've got to see it through to the end. You've got to stay connected to it. And this is the part that frustrates people many times because they don't understand faith. And, and the only way you're going to understand something is to put it into practice, if you ask me. I mean, it's, it's hard to sit up and read the Bible and just get up and go do everything and see the results. That, that you see, there's, there's an intermediary in there. There's something in there that has to bring what you want to life. It, it's gonna have to generate, uh, it's, it's gotta be like a life into another life is how it operates. It, this spirit must minister and feed you. It, it works through you. It's his faith working through you to bring to you the results that you desire. So we play a part in this all the way down the line. And so when this man approaches Jesus, he tells him, you come with me, you come and pray for my son, you, 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 you. He's putting all the responsibility on Jesus. Now, once you place your faith in God, your faith then is still, your your faith plays a part in that it is yielding to a greater faith. But you got to stay in there. You got to keep your little bit in there. You got me? It's like uh, the woman with the issue of blood, when she said, if I could just but touch his, his garment, I shall be made whole. And she felt in her body something go into her. At the same time, Jesus felt in his body something go out of him. Amen. So you're always connected to him. You can't just say, well, I gave it to God and go do something else with your life. You know, I mean, that's quitting. That really is. Many times people say stuff like that and they no more have confidence that God's going to do anything. See, you got it. Bible says don't cast away your what? Confidence. You got to keep faith. Part of faith is confidence. It's not dumping everything on God and just watch him go work for you and you bring it back when the, you know, and this is the attitude this man had. Why? He didn't know any better. And let that be your, your lesson. Many times we don't know any better and you've got to get engaged in things before you could start learning. Amen. Uh, faith is a learning lab. Amen. It's, it's actual life. God isn't, he doesn't like put you in a test tube and let you try out faith and then pour it out and see if it works. And if it works and you go use it, we, we develop our faith in real life situations. 
And sometimes they're a little too real for most of us. Amen. Because we stand there and wonder, how is this going to happen? Amen. But we've, we've got enough sense to understand if I just don't quit and say it's over, if I just don't say it's done, if I just don't say there's no hope, maybe I have a chance. You got me? And that's sometimes that's as much confidence as we can get. And, but, but use whatever level you have, keep that engaged. Because if you withdraw your faith from a situation, it's not going to grow. It's not going to get any better. Your faith is not going to get any greater. Many people start out believing God and they, they get one disappointment and they're ready to quit and go off somewhere. Look at the empty seats. Those are quitters. That's what that represents, folks. You know, and I'm, I, you know, I'm not pointing any, I'm not throwing shade on people. People know what they believe and know who they're trusting in. And I'm telling you people, many people sit and go through the motions and their hearts never engaged in it. Amen. You know why your heart doesn't want to get involved in it? Because your heart don't want to be crushed. Your heart don't want to be disappointed. Your heart don't want to be. But if you hope in God, you'll never be disappointed. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I could go to heaven and tell everybody, honey, I didn't get half the stuff on my faith list. I didn't get half the things I had tacked up on my refrigerator saying I'm believing God for them. But I had such joy. I had such peace and such contentment. You couldn't have gotten me to trade God in for stuff on my refrigerator for nothing. And sometimes that's the test, folks. It's always do you love him? Because he loves you and he's proven it. We're the ones that have to prove something. He's already proven his love. And giving us everything on, on top of that, trusting us with, with, with true riches, spiritual things, as well as natural things. He's given us everything. And yet we don't know how to tap into it. We still, we fall out with God because, because a prophecy didn't happen. It wasn't even for you to begin with. You told the truth. It went zoom in one ear and out the other. It, was, it wasn't a hit. It was a miss. Are you going to get mad at somebody about something that wasn't even yours? If I must say the truth. Huh? It's true. You can't fall out with God. You better fall in with him. Find out what's really going on. Amen? He's the Lord of glory. He owns everything. I mean, seriously, and he needs nothing from us. He's not needy. Now, he desires that, you know, his delight is to see us with stuff. His delight is to see our joyful. You know, that's what he, he, he likes, he, what he, he desires. You know, if you could say he wants anything, he wants the best for us. He died for us. He did everything for us. And that gives him delight when he can give us good things, amen, and make us happy and joyful and content and, and all of that. So, so really we, we need to understand, get this thing flipped around the right way and get a good understanding of what we're doing in this life of faith and, and how to really live it for God. This is more than just a confession of some scripture so you can get something. This is a relationship. 
Amen. This is this is somebody you'll grow to know, love, admire, know even better. He wants you to get to know him better. It, Jesus is like, you know what? I'm a pretty nice guy when you get to know me. Why are you way over there talking about me and confessing stuff and expecting me to come way over there where your little empty confession is and I'm living right inside of you? Why don't you worship me? Why don't you get to know me? Why don't you talk to me like I'm somebody? Don't overlook me. Amen? And that's what God's looking for. He died to give you a relationship with him. And most of us don't understand it, but that's the biggest gift that's ever been given to humanity is that family relationship with God the Father. Look at all the people marching around protesting because they're unhappy. You look at them and they're estranged from people. They think nobody loves them. They don't know how to get along in a family. Don't know how to get along at school. Don't know, don't know how to treat people. And God is there wanting to teach them and show them, I love you. My love is enough and I'll help you to get to that point where you know my love is enough for you. Amen. And, and then you could, and, and we're all like that to a degree. We're all looking for something. Amen. And he has everything we need. And all he says is come to me. And that's the end of the story. Just come to me. I'm going to tell you what else is going to happen. But you come. (laughs) You come by faith. (laughs) But I can tell you, you're going to be in a whole lot better shape after you come to me than you are staying at a distance. And and that's what he wants. He, He wants us to come to him, get to know him a little closer. Even though we have needs and we want those needs met, there's relationship involved in that. And so here Jesus tells this man, he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Amen. Unless you see something and see something spectacular, you won't believe. And and he says this in a place where the spectacular has already taken place. So this this crowd that's that's around Jesus is already conditioned to expect a miracle. They they are there to see something. Amen. Not everybody that comes to a Jesus meeting is there to hear and be healed. They're there to see. So Jesus now has to take them from seeing the spectacular, which is a part of developing your faith. If nothing else, you know where you can get it. See, once you've seen somebody do a miracle, you know at least somebody got a miracle there at one time, and I'll go back because I know I can get it there. That's how the people at the pool of Bethesda, that's why they were sitting there. It had happened one time that anybody knows of. Nobody can tell you a repeat incident of that. And that's not even scriptural that that's how you get healed. You got me? So they were resorting, once you, once you step away from your covenant and away from faith, then you, you start longing for, I gotta see something. I gotta see the spectacular. I gotta see the dynamic. You start relying more on what you can see, feel, hear, and taste than what's in your heart. Cause there ain't much in there. And so what Jesus came to do was to fill people's hearts up with faith in God with a knowledge of how the kingdom worked so that they can they could 
start using their faith so that they can start tapping into God's kingdom and drawing everything that they needed by faith. That has to be done. You can't afford these sick people that were, you see how long that man had been laying there, 38 years. He, he liked getting his social security checks mailed to the pool. You know, they probably got a pool ATM and everything. That brother with John, I'm going to get me a lemonade today because they's out of lemonade yesterday. I'm going to make sure I get me one. You know, I mean, they got a whole lifestyle built around a spectacular event that they think is going to happen again. It's not God's kingdom. God had a covenant of healing with them all along. He still has one. Was this covenant? He said, if you hearken to my voice, do what I say, do what's right in my sight, give you to me, and, and, and I'll put none of the diseases on you. You, you walk around disease free if you obey me. But we know that at that time, the temple system was so broken down, people couldn't get healed at the temple. When Jesus came, you, you know that from the fact that when Jesus came in and, and began to heal people, they they wanted to crucify him and throw him out. So healing was something they didn't do there anymore, just like a lot of dead churches now. They don't expect God to come in there and heal anybody. Amen? And so Jesus then has to put people back in their covenant. He has to put them back on faith. He has to reteach them all this kind of stuff, and that's what he did. He went from city to city. He taught and he preached, and he also performed miracles. But he had to do a balance of them because you don't want people to stay babies forever and look for the spectacular in order to serve you. Because in order to serve God, there's no spectacular in faith. You understand what I'm saying? Faith is not depending on seeing something. Faith is depending on God's word to come to pass and God's word to move you and, and motivate you to do everything. So this is what Jesus is coming to, to institute. He's coming to put these people back on their own faith and show them if you just simply believe me, you can have anything. I'll do anything for you if you believe me. Every time somebody got something by faith, he stopped to let them know what their faith had done for them. Amen. So he was what we call a faith preacher. Amen. And this is what he wants to happen with this man. He doesn't want this man walking around looking for something spectacular to happen. And and to be honest with you, for any minister to want that, that's that's just kind of wrong. Because, you know, we went through that era with ministry where where we had a lot of healing ministers. They did spectacular things. And then all of a sudden it would dry up. They never thought it would dry up, but it did. Why? Because God wants his people believing him, not in their flesh wanting to see something all the time. Amen? A lot of times at, at some some of those meetings, people just, the same people would go over and over and over again. And they weren't believing. They were going to see something. So they stayed on the spectacular. All of their stayed babies. And stayed on the spectacular all of their lives instead of growing in their faith. Amen. And it's, it's a common error that's made many times when people start, God releases signs and wonders in the midst of people. People kind of lose their, 
their desire for the word. If, you know, if I can't see something, well, how was the meeting today? Well, there wasn't much going on. I didn't see many healings. They didn't, well, because you weren't believing. Maybe if you had some faith into the atmosphere. But see, many times people, the faith atmosphere will die in there with people who just want to see something. So Jesus wants to bring everybody into his fullness once you start using your faith, nothing will be impossible to you. Amen. He wants to get us into that place where nothing is impossible to us, where we're using our faith, faith all the time. And don't quit on it. You know, learn how to, to stay in faith and learn the things that can strengthen your faith and cultivate it and get it to a higher level where you're more confident. Instead of being less confident as time goes on, you should be more confident that God is going to do these things for you. Amen? And so that's where the way God wants it, he's ordained for us to live like that. And it's not that hard to do. You just have to obey God to do what he tells you to do. So this gentleman here is 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 asking Jesus to come with him to heal his son. And, and Jesus knows what's, what the problem is. He knows that this boy is so near death that if he can't get this man in faith now, then he's not going to make it down there. You know, it's going to have to be a resurrection party. And I don't think Jesus has that on his calendar. Not that he can't do it. But he has to do what's appropriate in every situation. See, if, if he tells you, you must believe, then that's something that, that's already set up. You're, this miracle won't come if you don't put forth the effort. And it's not like this guy can't believe. Cause faith is a decision. It's a decision more than anything else. It's like, well, if God tells me to believe, I'm gonna believe. Amen. So thank you, Lord. I believe. I believe I received it already. I have it now. I thank you, Lord, that I have it. And in you put your faith in what he tells you and not in what you think is going to work. Because everybody comes to God with a picture in their minds that they think is going to work. And it's for your own comfort that you think this way. It's because it's, it's something that you desire and, and, or it might be your, your knowledge is limited. And that's why you think this way. So many times you're thinking on the, on the level where you are and that's not where God is going to move, you know, uh, to, to give you this. And so he has to take us from our level of expectation over into the realm where we need to be in order for our faith to pull in what we are desiring in our hearts. There's got to be a certain level of faith in you that pleases God so that that can come into your life by faith. That faith has to be perfected. That faith has to be worked on. That faith has to undergo some change so that you can see. And then sometimes you look back and see, I thought it was going to be impossible for me to to believe God would do that, and here I am. You understand what I'm saying? Here, here I am again, puzzled, but I got it. Amen. Here I am, not 
understanding exactly what was going on, but I got it. Amen. He moved me from one place to the next, and I barely knew I was being moved. Amen. In other words, it's not as big a traumatic thing as we think it's going to be to have our faith confronted and challenged. Amen. It's just really not. And, and if Jesus is challenging your faith, it means that you're gonna, you're gonna be able to do it. He has confidence that you can meet, meet that level. It's not like a, a high jump or something like that. And you know, the bar's way up here and your little shriveled legs are down here and you gotta huff and puff and jump up. It's an easy transition. It's like clicking from one thing to the next. It's like a switch. That you turn on and you click yourself and your faith goes on. You felt that, didn't you, Miss Pat? Yeah, I know you did. Amen. You're supposed to. Amen. That's a good thing. Amen. Amen. So, so this is it. We all got to click, get a click in us. Amen. I was, I was trying to get God, get God to tell me something and nothing was happening. I said, God, I'm tearing up down here. I'm showing out what you're doing. Nothing clicked. Amen. So I'm still waiting for mine. This patch, you got yours. I'm still waiting for mine. Amen. So, but it'll come. Amen. I have faith that it'll come. Whatever I'm waiting for is going to come. So, amen. And I'm not really waiting. I'm, I'm enjoying life while I'm serving God. Amen. I'm getting there. My faith is getting there. It's being developed as we speak. Amen. So, so here this man, he's, he's already, his son's already dying. Amen. Something in him gets turned on that Jesus can do this. And this is how faith happens sometimes. You're not trying to, to be a, a Bible scholar. You're not trying to be anything, you know, just extraordinary. You know, you'll hear people say that, oh, when I get my miracle, I know God's going to use my testimony. Girl, you don't know nothing. You better get your miracle first. If you know like I know, you don't know how you got it. When you get it, you ain't sure it's going to stay. And you, you understand what I'm saying? You ain't hardly worried about giving no testimony. If that's the road you're on, get off that road. Amen. That ain't going to get you to where you need. God doesn't heal you so you can give a testimony. I mean, a lot of the stuff, I'm a preacher. I share a lot of things. My chances of sharing them are greater than yours. But God does a lot of things for us every day. We never get to tell anybody. Amen? Because the door never opens for that. But you can savor them little morsels yourself all day long. So your testimony is more for you than it is for anybody else. Amen? God says, rehearse in your ears. Amen? Tell them to your children. Amen? And make sure you, you let everybody know how good your God is. Amen. So, so here this man is, it says here, it, 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 he said, when he was coming to Galilee, verse 45, Galileans received him. Why? Because they saw signs and wonders and they wanted more. And Jesus could discern that. And this is, this is what, why he challenged this man because this man was part of this crowd. You know, in a crowd, there's a group mentality very often where people expect certain things and they understand certain things and that's as far as they want to go. And it says here, when he heard that Jesus was come out of, uh, it says here, Jesus came to Cana of Galilee in 46 where he made the water wine. 
And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Now, uh, this is a day's journey. Amen. Uh, and, and it says, when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him. Amen. And besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Now, it's like uh, this man is, maybe he had given up on his son. And just all of a sudden found himself, amen, where Jesus was. That's how faith is sometimes. It's like we're over in this zone of give up, quit, disappointment. It's not going to happen. And then something clicks. It just, a spark comes in there. Oh, Jesus is here. Oh, wait a minute. He's the one that turned out. He had that big miracle here not too long ago that everybody's still talking about. Maybe I'll get him to come down with me and do the miracle for, see, that's how the human mind operates. You hear of something that gives you hope. You, now you've got to translate that hope into faith. You got to add faith to that hope or it won't happen. So at the point that he attempts to get before Jesus, he's probably just hoping. So I'm hoping he can come down. He said, if he doesn't come down with me, my son's going to die. See, that's just how desperate he is. And so he presents that to Jesus. And in Jesus's mind, there's just enough faith on that for him to take that little bit of faith that man is exercising and work with it. And that's why you express your faith to God. He takes that little bit that we have and he begins to work with it. So Jesus now is in the process of separating out soul from spirit, joint from marrow, and releasing, getting this man's faith that, that's in his heart from being entangled in his thoughts, his mind, his Oh boy, his boy's gonna die. You gotta hurry up. You gotta, he's put a rush on everything all of a sudden. His mind is rushing that Jesus has gotta come down and do this or this won't happen. Because that's the only way he's ever seen Jesus do anything is through the spectacular and him being present right there. That, that water didn't turn into wine by itself. It took the anointing of the prophet to, to get that going. And so that's, um, Jesus is a must in this equation. So this man knows that he's got to get him there somehow if his boy is going to live. And, and it might be that this was a, a quick thought that came to him. He might have been resigned to the fact that his boy was at home dying and there was nothing that he could do. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in an atmosphere where faith starts to come alive, where hope starts to get born in you. And many times that's that's how our faith begins. We're not really thinking about asking God to do anything until those worlds start to collide. The world of the natural starts to collide with the supernatural realm. And then all of a sudden something drops in your heart that tells you, you know what, if I could get this and I could get that, then I can get where I need, I can get the impossible to happen in my life. Amen. 
And believe it or not, that's what we're all doing. It doesn't seem, it's so, sometimes it's so normal to us now, we don't see it as impossible. But you go and talk to somebody that doesn't know God and look at how they respond to you and you know you're in impossible, you're in, in city of impossible things now. Amen. And, and because you can tell by the people who are in the natural, they look at you and say, Oh, really? You, you're healed? What do you mean you're healed? How come you have, how come, how come? See, when you went, run into that little alley, you know that you are in, you live in the world of the impossible, where the impossible is possible to you. How do you know it's possible to you? Because you're believing God for it. Amen? And you, and you're not wavering. Nobody can move you off of this. See, the people who want to see how come you think you're healed because you don't have this, that, and the other, you know those people are. You know this. You don't pay any attention to that stuff. You don't even question it. You don't try to answer their questions. You got me? Because you live in the world where things that are impossible with man are possible with God. And that's where you reside. That's where faith resides. Faith always does the impossible. If it were possible, you'd get up and do it yourself. You wouldn't need supernatural faith. And so God wants us to understand that these worlds sometimes will collide, but the the realm of the supernatural must overtake the natural realm in order for your miracle to manifest. See, you can't hold on to it's impossible. You can't entertain thoughts, you know, I'm going to die. It's not going to, I'm not, you know, I'm not leaving the hospital this time. You, you don't think like that. You can't afford to think like that. Amen? You'll leave, you know, one way or the other. But you're going to leave walking in your mind. You know, you hold on to that. That's what faith is. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. This man's boy is as good as dead. He just all of a sudden finds himself in a city where Jesus once performed a miracle and something comes to life in him. An idea pops into his mind. Something with hope in it comes to him. Hope is the first thing that will come to you when you live in the land of the supernatural. You you see it's possible. You know what? I think God, God can do this. He says in his word, yada, 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 and you start rehearsing the word to you. You're on the road to getting your miracle when you do that. When you first begin to believe, some people are holding on for what they think is too long. You're not getting worse. You're getting better. You're not getting sicker. I don't care what your symptoms say. You're getting better. See, for some reason, your faith has to be pushed to that level. Amen? It, it really does with some people. This man, his faith had to be pushed to that level. Amen? You know how some people just, they say, well, I get tired of having relapses. I get tired. And then all of a sudden, they, they shut everything out of their minds except I'm better. And guess what? Their healing comes to them. Before you start entertaining all kinds of ideas. Oh boy, I'm, I'm not feeling too good today. What does that mean? It means you're still healed. See, you've got to fight on that level, folks. Your faith can do it. You just got to exercise your faith like that. You don't sit up there and wonder why you're not feeling good. 
Cause the devil will give you something to wonder about you. He said, oh, he wondering about that little one. I got a biggie for you. Amen. Right around the corner. Gonna whop you upside your head with this one. Keep wondering. I give you something to wonder about. So you gotta fight. That's why the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. It doesn't say dump it on Jesus and expect to see something. Cause you want to see something, you too lazy to exercise your faith. Or you don't know how. You know, it doesn't have to be lazy. It's just maybe you don't know how. Or you, you've lost contact with the way you've been exercising your faith. You know, we do stuff that's new for a little bit. And then we quit. Amen. But this is something that's, you know, this isn't like, you know, like, uh, I used to like to watch dancers. I, I, you know, I took a little modern dance as a kid, you know, and the Lord helped me to teach the girls how to, you know, dance for the Lord. But, you know, I, I was always interested in that. But, you know, after a couple of times of getting up, you know, you see Sammy Davis Jr. just with his pants in his pocket, just see you. And then Gene Kelly going around and smoothing around and everything and they tapping and all that. You know, you do that a couple of times and you trip over your feet and you say, well, you know, that tap dancing, that ain't for me. But faith isn't like that. You can do it. We can all do it. Amen. It's not just for a select group of people that God has chosen out because. Amen. We can all do this. And there are things that our faith is anxious to get at, if I could say it that way. Your faith is dying to get out and and grab some things for you and to work on your behalf. Your faith, faith has a voice, it has a mind, it has a will, it has all of that. It's alive. And, and your faith wants to do great and mighty things. And, and it wants you to cooperate. Just get out of faith's way and let faith do its thing. So, so here this man comes up with an idea. And I mean, that's all it takes, folks. To get a miracle, you just gotta get an idea that you want it. You don't know what condition his mind was in when he first came to that city. He might have been just saying, oh boy, my son's at home sick. He wasn't necessarily looking for Jesus or looking for a miracle. But when the opportunity presented itself, his faith grabbed it. And so this wasn't just a coincidence on his part. He didn't just happen there. God led his footsteps there. And he's just like God leads our footsteps to everything that's good for us. Amen. And he wants to see if you're going to grab onto it. If you're even a sliver of faith is strong enough to grab onto a miracle. Amen. Your miracle's this big and your faith is like a little string. But you just take your little string and lasso it in there and then pretty soon you got your biggie. Amen. You, your biggie is on the other end of that line. And don't ever give up. The Bible says if you're hoping in God, you will never be ashamed. You will never be disappointed, discouraged, say it didn't work, it wasn't, you know, wasn't good enough, whatever. That's never going to happen. God's not going to let it happen. So faith is like that. So you, you keep holding on. If you can't do anything, but just hold on by your fingertips. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, you know the devil's up there with his little his hobnail boots trying to crush you. 
It's not gonna happen. You know who you think you are. You God ain't gonna do that for you. Devil, you were you was a born liar and you're still a liar. Amen. Those things that make you wonder are lies. You gotta call those things down. You can't you can't let your mind entertain every thought that comes through there. Amen. Questioning, wondering. We don't wonder no more. Once you meet faith, your wondering days are over. Now, you might be a little scared here and there, but you get used to it. Amen? What if it doesn't? What if it does? You ever had that argument all day long? What if it does should should well, win out over what if it doesn't? Because you got it already. Amen? Oh, devil, you, you, you can't tell me I can't have it. I got it already. I have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. There's nothing else to want. Amen. So you got it all. So this man comes up, he, he's got an idea. And that's really where faith starts. It starts with an idea that God can do this. There's an idea that there's hope for me. There's an idea that this is possible. There's an idea that this is going to work. And, and really living by faith is a process of adding one idea of success to another idea of success. One scripture to another scripture. One, if something comes up, it doesn't, is not what you expected. Well, God, you knew it was coming and you've made provision for it and there is still success for me and I thank you that I'll get through this too and I'll come up on top. Amen? Amen. And this is, this is the way you gotta think. Amen? I start, those of you who, who read my Facebook page, and I don't mean every now and then, I mean consistently <laughs> dropping in and dropping out. You know, you don't get nothing dropping in and dropping out. You need to feed on that. I, on Sundays, I started adding a friend of mine, a pastor in Nigeria, uh, who Always says, uh, you know, see you at the top. Amen. He ends all of his posts and he starts out by decreeing things over. And, 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 and prophetic people who, people who are prophetic speak that word like it's happened already. See, you can't buy that anointing that's on that. That's why so many people respond so positively to it. And that's why I put it on there is that when this brother decrees things over you, say, Man, I feel better. I believe that's going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? Because he leaves no wiggle room for it won't happen. See, it's the word of God. It will happen. So that you have no choice but to believe it. I say, yeah, I'll see you at the top. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm there already. You understand what I'm saying? And and you've got to believe like that. You've got to believe that that the word of God will come to pass. You've got to believe that it will happen. You know, there's a lot of us who are believing for things to happen, but we don't expect them to happen. You ever been in that limbo? And it's like, God, wake me up, slap me a couple of times and get my expector going. Amen. I'm supposed to be expecting this to happen at any time. And I say I'm in faith, but I'm at the point where it's kind of like, well, don't ask me about that. See, when you get there, you in trouble. You got to slap yourself when you get there. Amen. Cause you done buried it somewhere in unbelief and don't, don't really know. We say we're in faith, 
Amen. So you got to perk that faith up. You got to find a way to keep it alive. Don't let it die. And this is what Jesus is doing with this man's little teeny faith that he shows up with. It's really, he's seeking God at this point. When he comes up to Jesus, he's seeking him. He's like, will you come with me? He said, if you don't come with me, it's over. Amen. Now, before he ran into Jesus, it was over. Now, Jesus is involved in it, and there's hope. Well, if you don't come with me and pray for my boy, like I know I, you can do this. you got to be there. Nothing, no substitute will do. So he's got it made up in his mind how he thinks it's supposed to go, but it's not the faith that's going to get this boy healed. It's not at the level it needs to be. And sometimes we have to accept that, but also accept the fact that God is working with you to get it to the level. See, it's not like, oh, your faith isn't at the level and and I don't like you and go home. You know, God doesn't treat us like that. He will work with you with whatever, whatever size faith you give him. He will work with you as the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. And he wants to work with you at that level, and then he will cause it to grow. Amen. Sometimes he he has to get you in a different atmosphere to get it to, to grow. Sometimes it can grow right where you are. Amen. And so this is what we have to be willing to confront. Many times when we first pray, we're just seeking. Amen. You know, you don't know that you know that you know. There's nothing wrong with seeking. We, we we just are feeling God out and God is this gonna work for me and you know it's uh, there's some things that really are impossible in your mind when you first uh, um, contemplate them you know people who are are refusing chemo and and just just want to use the word to get healed um, they don't know that they're in a seeking seeking sense you know they're feeling God out God I want, I want to be healed and, and I don't know about the chemo. I don't know about the word. How is this going to, how is this? Let me know what I need to use to, I know it's going to happen. I believe I will receive my healing, but I want to know how, what road I need to take for that. You know, like I was, I had a toothache one time and, and I was halfway in the word and halfway not in the word and, I kept seeking the Lord, and he said, he, one day he told me, he said, Barb, the dentist has got to eat too. In other words, you ain't got it, girlfriend. Just get on up there and go to the dentist. You know you ain't got it because you know how you in pain are. You don't want to meet each other. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I take three couches, couches to faint on if I get in enough pain. You know what I'm saying? Or enough anxiety. <laughs> And so he has to pull me off the ceiling to get to talk to me about stuff sometimes. And so it's like, go to the dentist, okay? Just let them fix you. You know, no harm, no foul. I'm not holding anything against you. You understand what I'm saying? Just just go. Amen. And then there are some times where I'm good. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's it doesn't bother me. I consider not. There's some things you consider not. Amen. If you followed up on every ache and pain you ever got at my age, I'm telling you, Sherlock Holmes couldn't 
couldn't hold a candle to you, man. You're, where is this coming from? Huh? And so you, you gotta learn how to consider not and consider the fact that he bore your sicknesses, carried your pains. Think about that all day long instead of considering how you feel, how it happened, where it came from, what caused it. We're great detectives not finding anything. Cause those questions never get answered. Amen. <laughs> you just make stuff up. Amen. And so if you're a healed person, you're a healed person. You're healed all the time. No matter what, what grabs you, what ails you, you're still healed. Amen. So, so this is, this is the way you approach it when you, when you're beyond the seeking stage. But this guy is just really seeking, uh, you know, come, come with me, Jesus, and, and heal my boy. And he was satisfied with that. Then Jesus throws him a little curveball and he tells him, he said, you're more looking at things than believing me for it. So he's got to correct that faith instead of us having to see something to be satisfied. See, when you, when you need whatever it is, whatever it's going to take to satisfy you, that's where your faith is. So his faith was still in the natural. He believed Jesus could do it, but his, his faith was in a place where he had to be there. He had to, he, Jesus was doing everything and he's just a bystander, you know. And so Jesus wants this man's faith engaged. Why? He has more stuff for him. Whenever there's a demand put on your faith, that means God has more for you than what you're asking for. I'm going to say it again. He has more for you than what you're asking for when he demands an increase in your faith. God's got a big picture going on, folks. You know, we're looking at just, you know, gas money to the end of the week. He's looking at you owning a gas station. You understand? He's developing faith. He's He's causing you to use your faith for this. Because he has a much bigger picture in mind. Amen? It's always more to it than we know once we start using our faith for things. You never use your faith. You'll never know what's out there. You'll never know what's out there. And it's not hard to use your faith. I mean, he's not. it's not something this man is going to fail at. This man has the ability to believe. And so Jesus just wants to help him to make that shift from natural faith to faith in the word or supernatural faith. And so he goes to see him, he says, and then Jesus said to him in verse 48, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Amen? You will not believe. Amen? You will not believe. Now, the faith we exercise when we're seeking him, you know, God, I got this report from the doctor i want to i want to do the word i don't know i'm not sure i'm nervous you're seeking so once once you get beyond the the seeking faith it's it's uh it it will grow through using it that's why god puts it to the test right away this this faith that you have once god tells you okay i'll do this and this is the plan then you start using your faith in the realm of the plan. Amen. So it grows through use. It's got to grow. 
It's because when you're seeking, it's here, there, and everywhere. It's over here. Well, maybe I can go to the dentist over here. Maybe I can stand on the word. It's hurting me to death. I don't know what I can do. You, you understand what I'm saying? So it's like a shotgun blast. You you pull the trigger on a bunch of pellets that, that are going to hit different things. God wants you to aim it where it's supposed to be directed. Amen. And, and, and that's what he's doing. He's gathering the fragments of your faith and putting them in one thing. Your natural man hates that process. Your natural man don't want it. Your natural man wants options. Two, three, four, and five. Amen. Because, you know, when you think about it, uh, when, when people, like the game shows that they have, door number one, door. Now, you know it ain't behind but one door. They give you all them choices to to keep the show going. You're their entertainment to see if you're going to pick the right one. And it's kind of like, I don't even want to be in this kind of game. Just show me where my stuff is, and I'll aim right there. See, your spirit man wants to do the one, the kill shot. Amen. Just show me where my stuff is and I'll put all my marbles in that game and forget this picking doors. You can pick doors all day long and none of them will ever have what you want behind it. You want the faith door. And that's the one everybody's scared of. And that's the one that's more sure for us. Because this, this scattershot thing is not working. It never worked for you. Amen. Never. Amen. You know, people, ah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going out with the ladies. I, you know, I'm a ladies man. I don't, I don't just go, I don't just date one. Yeah, you in the nursing home, 75 years old, in a wheelchair, and you still a ladies man. Cause you never married nobody. Ain't nobody coming to see you. You never zeroed in on one. Too scared. What you scared of, ladies man? Huh? <laughs> Poppy, you so quiet back there. You know, exhale, brother. <laughs> Tell the truth, though. Ain't that true? Yeah. They wind up with nothing. Because they like the scatter shot. Because they scared of zero. We're scared of committing to something with our faith. Huh? We like keeping our options open. Options to fail is what they are. Because if, if you can't risk it all on Jesus, after all he's done for us, you don't trust him. This is his word you're, you're speaking. He always confirms his word. He always manifests. His word cannot fail. Amen. It's sealed with an oath and a, and a promise. Amen. Sworn in his blood, his shed blood. He's already forfeited his life. He can't die twice for your promise. So dying once is enough to secure your promise against his life. So he wants this man to cut the nonsense out. Okay, get serious with me, bro. You want your boys down there dying? You want them well? This is what you got. This is how it's going to roll. Okay? So the, he says, 
Jesus told him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. In other words, you're not going to see anything. I ain't coming down there. That's not how it's going to happen. And you're going to grow beyond. This is your kid's life we're talking about. And you're going to grow beyond wanting me to come down there and do it because you're comfortable in your flesh if I do that. Your flesh is going to get mighty tense before you. It's good for us. And that what, what David said, it was good for me to be afflicted because that's where I learned your word. I learned discipline. I learned, that's where I learned stuff. I learned my flesh was not going to avail me anything. Amen. And so it's good to learn that. It's good to learn you can't have that comfort in the natural all the way down the line. You're going to be a little nervous. You're going to have some doubts creep in on you. You're going to have a hundred demons telling you it ain't going to work. Huh? Why ain't it going to work? I don't know. It just ain't going to work. I used to care about you enough to give you a lie, but I ain't going to even give you that. It just ain't going to work. Amen? Devil will tell you anything to get you off the faith hunt. Amen? And so he tells him, unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. Kind of challenging him a little bit. You understand? Say, so what do you mean I won't believe? What's that? What? Wait a minute. What's that? What am I won't? You mean I have a choice? You have a choice how you believe. That's what he's opening up to this man. Choice. You can believe the signs and wonders, or you can believe another way. Oh, wow. Oh, Jesus, I didn't realize that. I thought this was the only way you rolled with your ministry. You mean there's something else here? Oh, my goodness. I had to trust the process. Amen. Amen. So he says here, the nobleman said to him, Sir, keeps urging him, please come. If you don't come, my son's going to die. And Jesus says, you know, Jesus has to sometime get us to the explosion point. This guy is like, didn't you hear me the first time I told you? If you didn't come, he's going to die. And Jesus says something else, throws him a curveball. And he repeats it again. So Jesus has already opened up the door on him that there's another way to believe me. And I'm going to open that up to you. See, when you get beyond seeking, when, see, this man's faith has just grown by leaps and bounds in one conversation. So you can't tell me it takes forever to get from one level to the other in your faith. In fact, the next step is right there. Mostly we're scared to take it. Most of us know what that next step is. Amen. For many of us, is thank God for the answer, go to sleep, don't change your confession, and get up the next morning expecting. Huh? Don't that work? Hasn't that gotten you everything you got from God so far? Why is today any different? Why are we ripping our little hairs out? And, amen? You get so nervous and sweaty. Take your wig off and fan yourself. Where did you forgot where you was? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, Lord, let me get over in faith. (laughs) It's the truth. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Jesus challenges him with that statement. He does that with all of us for our own good. Because he knows what's inside us. He's trying to bring the inside outside. See, when your faith is expressed, that's when it will help you. You don't know what's in you until you get it out of you. You get it out of you through your confession or through your actions. There's a corresponding action that goes along with your faith. Amen. And, and, and some of them are just, they're, they're kind of like non-specific things. Just a move towards something, something that breaks the, your, your, your train of thought where you are. Could be any, any number of things, amen, that will release your faith. And so when, when you understand that, that once you have sought God and you've connected with Him, He's going to give you the next thing to do to get your faith to the point where it needs to be so you can get what you're asking for. And it says here, Jesus said to him, go your way, your son's alive. Now Jesus speaks that word of faith to this man, and it's up to this man to believe it. Amen. He's got a choice. He can either stand there and argue with, he's already told Jesus twice, my boy's going to die if you don't come. Jesus ain't t- said he's coming yet. So if finally the brother finally gets a clue, he said, oh, well, maybe I should listen to what he's saying instead of keep repeating what I'm saying. You ever been there? You keep confessing your same lame confession you've been confessing and ain't got no faith on it. You don't halfway believe it. And Jesus will tell you something different and you say, that, that keeps coming up in my spirit. How come, where is that coming? It's coming up my spirit like that. That, that must be God. Keep coming up my spirit like that. Huh? You ever done that? And you say, oh, God's listening to me in my little lame confession that I ain't halfway believing no more. Maybe I should start believing this. Amen. And so the man then listens to what Jesus said. And it says here, and he believed him. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and went his way. Faith without works is dead. If that man had stayed there, the boy was a dead boy. If he had stayed there and still said, well, Jesus didn't come to with me, I guess that means I can't get my boy healed. Come on, y'all. You done done it before. God will give you a word to, to believe. He said, that's all I got to do. I, said, I thought God was going to do that. Right back to that same word you just got off of it. Go get back on it. Amen. The ride ain't over yet. Amen. It's like, you know, them little, them little, uh, ponies, little merry-go-round things. People like to jump on and off of them. Well, you put that nickel in there and it's going to take you about 30 minute ride. So you might as well jump back on there. The ride ain't over with. See, the problem with faith people, we want too many ponies to jump on. How come you can't jump on by his stripes? I was healed and be healed. Amen. Just ride that out. That was good enough to get you past the cemetery, past the chemo, past the radiation, past the surgery. It'll get you past everything. Amen. You don't need nothing new and exotic. Just keep riding on what's been working. 
Try to act like, well, you know, it's got, well, I was listening to Brother So, shut up. Get Brother So and So off. Find out what God is speaking in your speed again. Get back in your speed. There's nothing new, folks. It's still the word. It's always been faith in the word. Amen. It's wonderful. That man went and before he even got home, I loved you. Thank you. People think that when God tells you something to do, where you got to hold on to your faith, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> oh, God, you're so mean. He ain't mean. He had some people to come and meet that man. That man was thinking, how am I going to make it 24 hours walking and get there? I can't make it 24 hours before I know if he's, if my faith is working. I'm believing God the best way I can. Just at the point where you think you can't do another day, he comes through for you with more peace, more something. Amen. You get another jolt. Amen. Of divine energy. He never quits on us, folks. You're not in this by yourself. Quit your whining. Quit your complaining. Quit your crying. Amen. Let the devil cry for a change. Because you've already got it. He's. You're not waiting on him. He's waiting for you to walk it out. Amen. Every day walking it out. God, what do I do today to walk this out? I believe I'm receiving it today. The manifestation is coming even as I speak, Father. You're working on it. And I'm going to ride this out. I'm not going to wait until tomorrow to believe. I'm believing now. And tomorrow when I get up, it will all be done. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for goodness and mercy that comes to us as we believe you. As we walk in the manifestation of your goodness and your glory, Lord, we are changed. We are so changed. We are so changed. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Praise God.